love Vinny. I really do. He's such a good person. Okay, this is who it is. It's Vinny Vinsane Venciera. So I was on season 12. It was JoJo Fletcher's season. Pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. <laughs> All I cared was when I was there, I was like, please, 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 please do not let me go home night one. They asked me to go on Paradise right after that. So I actually auditioned last season. You can hear it here first in the podcast. The only reality show audition that I've ever done. I felt like I was on my freaking period the whole month I was there filming. <laughs> he was like Yogi, Handstand Dan. You say Handstand Dan? Welcome back to another episode of Millennial Girls. I'm Raquel, in case you don't know by now, and I'm Natasha. So this is a really fun episode. It is also sponsored by Formula Z Cosmetics, which we are super excited about. But we're doing like a collaboration episode with in this one. It's really fun. Um, a lot of you may know who it is with, but I'm going to wait to tell you because I know so many people have already texted me who I told I was doing, we were doing this episode and they're like, oh my God, I loved him when he was on The Bachelor still. I loved him when he was on Millionaire Matchmaker. So. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Fun. I can't wait to like pick his brain about this stuff because I feel like, you know, I'm an average girl. I'm, I'm not any... Just because I'm doing a podcast, I'm still an average girl, and I have a lot of friends that I'm, I'm sure would love to get, like, insight on all the reality television. I, I don't think I ever realized how many super fans there were, so I interviewed this particular person before, <laughs> right after he pretty much got off the show, and it got a decent amount of views for my little, you know, YouTube channel that I was just kind of doing to do, so I think, you know... It's going to be a really fun one. I think this is what the world needs right now is some fun, uplifting energy. He definitely has a lot of energy, as do we. So I can only <laughs> imagine what's about to happen. But, okay, this is who it is. It's Vinny Vinsane Venciera. So if you have been a Bachelor fan, he was on JoJo's season of The Bachelor. He was on Bachelor in Paradise. He got dumped, like, right before he was going to propose. Then he was on Millionaire Matchmaker. So he is, he is, he's a staple in the Bachelor Bachelorette community. No, I'm excited because, okay, like I was never like a diehard, like my reality television is like the Kardashians, right? Like I didn't get like super, super into like Bachelor in Paradise, all this stuff. But I will say at one point in high school, I remember somewhere along the lines, I like jumped in on, I think it was like one last Bachelor season before the Bachelorette started or like, it was like the second Bachelorette or something. And from there, I was talking to Raquel about this last week. I was like, you know, I actually watched quite amount of, seasons of like the bachelor and the bachelorette but i was more into the bachelorette and i don't remember him like particularly like i have so, like i can't wait to like get on the call with him because i'm gonna be like do i do i still remember you or not because i watched that and i watched millionaire matchmaker yeah so i've actually known Vinny forever probably about eight years now so he's he lives in delray which i went to school in boca raton um in at fau so we would always go out in boca so he was the dj he dj'd at this bar club called Salt 7. And it was like the place to go on Fridays and Saturdays, brunch on Sundays. They do this crazy brunch with like fireworks and you would literally think you were at a nightclub on Sundays. Natasha, it's the wildest thing. Like we're, we gotta go. I have to take I, you. Once, once, once we can leave all our of, Yeah, once all of this is finally over, yeah, I would love to experience a brunch like that. It's wild it's so wild I remember I brought my friends once who were in town from California and my friend Kayla's boyfriend was like 
let's go oh my god that sounds so much fun there's this place in tj so tj is like tijuana when you cross the border from san diego there's this place i think it's called shots i know we have a shots in in miami but there's also a shot no and they have like this extensive menu of like every kind of like flavored shot like it's actually really cool it's a really cool concept we should have one here but it reminds me of that because they have like one shot where they like they do this whole thing like at Benihana, you know, like whatever, and oh, then amazing. they put the shot on the on the counter of the bar, and then they light it on fire. So like, if you're too close to the bar, like your hair might catch on. But, like, yeah, it's oh, like, that would be so bad for me. <laughs> I mean, that would probably be a liability in, here in the states, but like, it's really fun. It's totally. a fun experience. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. No, literally, like they do this like not a fishbowl, but it's it kind of looks like a vase that you put flowers in and it's like this big blue drink and there's like a million straws and there's like light uh what are the like glow up light sticks that they do at brunch like Vinny is just like yeah oh yeah that's so cool Vinny is like bumping the like jams it's so <laughs> crazy it's so fun I haven't I haven't been in forever but oh my god I forgot that was even a thing but anyway so yeah I've known him for a long time and I remember when he was on the episode like the intro episode I was like is that Vinny like Vinny Vinny like DJ Vinny Vinsane and it was and it's just so crazy because he's just such a down-to-earth guy and everyone I always talk about is always just like he's so nice people have like met him in the airport before or like at charity events and he's just such a cool humble dude so I it's gonna be a lot of fun that we're doing this episode with him and we're gonna bring him in right now because He's a hoot. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited, guys. I'm like, Vinny, we need, where's my drink? I feel like I, I'm ready now. Like, this got me really excited. I know, right? Should I be drinking champagne right now? Like, what where's should I my be drink doing? at? Vinny, put the beats on. Let's get to it. Literally. All right, guys. So I think it's finally time to bring in Vinny because I've already just been telling about how fun he is and great he is. So Vinny is here, of course, via Zoom because, you know, we're still in this whole global pandemic situation so we're making sure everyone is safe but what's up Vinny how are you hey what's up that was a great intro Are you telling everybody about me like what'd you say anything good like bad <laughs> like what's up oh I said some <laughs> I said some pretty great stuff don't worry Natasha uh, was excited uh, to it was uh, all positive all right. see we were okay. we we turned that frown upside down now I'm excited no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I told I was actually explaining to her how salt's brunch is crazy because I yeah. totally forgot about it and then I was thinking about how you guys go ham and i was explaining the glow sticks and the huge drinks and it's a club on sunday at the brunch she was making me thirsty i was like i'm ready to go party with Vinny now (laughs) no i know i know it's giving examples of like what salt seven brunch is about it's like you pretty much you know you nailed some of the points but it's like i miss it um i don't miss being hungover as heck on Mondays, but um, it was definitely like out of control. It's like we kind of took like the Lavo brunch, that whole Sunday feel, and we put like our own spin on it. And uh, I literally would get there at like 1.30 p.m. and people are just blacked out. It's like, and then we close the blinds at 2. So when you leave at 5, you don't like, you don't know where you are, what time of day. And like, it's crazy because like when we first started, we would end it at 5 and then people would just like, 
just spill out into the streets of Del Rey and it was like the walking dead. Like people are having like mimosas. They're having mimosas like like the office and park tavern and there's just, just like these drunk girls and guys and just like you know, oh my but it, it's great. It's great though. It's so much fun. You know, I totally forgot because obviously like the radio station we worked at was in Miami. So once I started working there, I was in Miami twenty four seven. But just talking about it, I was like, man, I miss Del Rey. I just it's such a nice place. If you're in Florida and South Florida and you've never been to Delray, you have to because it's a special place. It's really fun. And Vinny oh, yeah. is like the, best, the resident the DJ of Delray. And of Delray. It's, <laughs> it's really I'm like just the, crazy. I'm like the self-proclaimed mayor of nightlife and entertainment in Delray. <laughs> I just gave myself that title right here on the Millennial Girls podcast. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, literally he is. I remember I was telling about how when you were on the season of The Bachelorette, I remember seeing the first episode and seeing you, and I was like, "That's Vinny, like Vinny, Vinny. That's Vinny." <laughs> yeah, right, right. And everyone, right, right, right. everyone, all my friends, when we would watch it, and all my friends would be like, "Oh my god, I love Vinny." I'm like, "I know Vinny. Like I've known him <laughs> since I was yeah. a sophomore in college from no, going out." No, he's my friend. He's my friend, not yours. Um, I he's claim. my friend. He's claimed. <laughs> Bye. No, I feel like I feel like everyone probably did that though. What when you were on the show because everyone just knew you. Okay, so, can you please can you please remind me what your like what was your role on the show? Because I watched that season, I'm pretty sure, and I don't remember you. I'm sorry. Yeah, so all right, no, so <laughs> listen, not a lot of people remember me. If you if you have a goldfish like of a memory of three seconds, you're lucky if you it's, even saw me on I, there. I promise you so, it's not personal because I don't remember most no. of the cast anyway, but <laughs> listen, I I can't even remember what I had for breakfast today. So Mood. anyway, uh, yeah. So I was on season 12. It was JoJo Fletcher's season. Pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. <laughs> and that was a season with like Jordan Rogers. That's who she's with now. Um, you know, it just, I made it like, I made it halfway. You know, I did pretty good. I held, I held it down from, from, my, from my fam. You know, I held it down for the city of Delray. Um, made it halfway. It's just, uh, it was an unusual, you know, circumstance to try and date somebody you know it's never been my style of dating like um i was never i'm never like a, a aggressor like i'm gonna go talk to that girl and i'm gonna get her number and we're gonna go home like i've always been more like calm and like you know see what comes my way um so that was a little bit outside of my element um because you know you're on a television show and, there, and there's 25 other girls fighting for 25 other guys fighting for one girl so i was like all right this is a little out of the ordinary for me um and i kind of just you know, I kind of just went to the motions. You know, I I said what I said in interviews and stuff like that to kind of see how else I can stay on this show rather than try and fight for love with. You know, maybe it just it wasn't there. You know, it was it was it was I was there, but like the chemistry wasn't there as part of a relationship. Um, so she basically friend friend zoned me. Did you go into the season wanting to like find something out of it, or what was the what was the goal behind it? This is something that I've been asked a lot, and and I'm not naive. Like I knew I was going on a television show. You know, it's it's different for the guys rather than the girls that watch the show. You know, because girls, I hope maybe you can agree that you know you want that fairy tale, uh, you know, love story, you know, hopeless romantic. And guys, you know, there are guys that like that, and of course I would like that too. But I knew I was going on a TV show um, with a chance to potentially fall in love. Listen. It could have happened. It does happen, you know, and, and I've started to develop feelings on other shows that I was on. Um, but I went in there knowing that this is a show. 
let's see what happens. And I kind of took it day by day. And, and I <laughs> listen, I preparing for this for months and, and packing and getting clothes and, and you know, and kind of, um, you know, telling people I'm going to be away for two months and not telling them why. I, all I cared was when I was there. I was like, please, 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 please do not let me go home night one. I don't care <laughs> what happens. I could be the drunk guy. I could be the right, villain. Like, I, I can be, be the guy. whatever you I'm need like, me to be. Just don't send me home God. on night one, please. <laughs> God, and I, listen, I was, I was on that chopping block of being sent home night one, and thank God I didn't, because I, I was just so drunk. I was, I, I just, it was probably like the top three drunkest I've ever been in my life, to oh, be honest. Really? Why? It's just like, Wait, why? I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, I think it's the mix of the stress, you yeah. know, and plus you're, you're dieting when you go on the show. So I probably haven't had a loaf of bread in three months prior to that. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm like, I have one sip of fireball and I'm like, woo. And you know, and party, they, let's <laughs> yeah. go. So, you know, you're, you're, you're on lockdown for three days before you go to shoot the first night. You're by yourself. So it's like, it's like a mental, and you, don't have you know, your phone. mind. You have nothing, so you're just fire. You're coming out the gate just swinging. So I drank, you know, and they give you drinks. They want you to drink, and I was, I was, I was one of those guys. But they, they could have made it worse. But it was known that I was drunk on night one. So they actually, she actually called my name last that night. So like during the thing, my eyes are closed like this, and I'm just like, please, (laughs) please, just my. I will never hear the end of it from anybody I know. My boys would crush me. So every night going into a rose ceremony, I'm like, all right, this is going to be it. I'm, I'm out of here. Second night, third night. I'm like, wow, third night. Okay, fourth. No, I'm definitely going home the fourth night. Nope, got it. So then I got halfway. But it it was stressful. It was stressful. I feel like he has low-key, like, he's stressed right now. Just <laughs> no, it thinking is. back when about it. When I watch it, it back, it just, I just realized, like, oh, my. I was literally saying in my head, I'm like, please do not go home. Please do not go home. But, you know, I ended up not being the drunk guy night one. And I, you know, became friends with everybody. You know, started a um, little bit of relationship with uh, Joelle there, a little bit, meaning like a couple minutes here and here and there a day talking to her. And <laughs> I, you know, I made it halfway. Yeah, that's I mean nowadays in this day that's age. pretty much it. So <laughs> that's marriage right there. Yeah, you uh, so. you would should be have should have proposed at this point in, in 2020. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where we're at. A month too early, two months would have did it. Month, not so sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did it that way. You know, I, I had a little buzz about me on there. Went halfway. Went to. Uh, they asked me to go on Paradise right after that, um, and that's kind of where I became more familiar in the Bachelor Nation. On yeah. Bachelor in Paradise. I mean. So. Paradise was just, you know what, too? Like, you were on the season, even with The Bachelorette, that is, I think, for me, everyone still thinks it's, like, most memorable. Like, your group of people was just, for the most part, really good guys. And there wasn't any, like, crazy, I mean, obviously, you had some, but, for like, 99% of you, 98% of you were just good people, which I think was such a, a... breath of fresh air because you guys were relatable and i know a lot of people kept saying that about your season like jojo was relatable you guys were relatable you guys had real issues that you were talking about Uh on your season and even going into paradise i think that that's why everyone still talks about your season yeah, I agree with that. It, it's not. I, I always try to think: Is it because I was on that season? I wanted to be it's like one of the you. most memorable ones. Yeah, duh. Come on. Um, duh. I like I said. I, I I was trying to think: Is it because I was on that season? I thought it was most memorable. I think it was a combination. We had a really good group of guys um, that we still talk, obviously, to to this day. Most of us, um, and it was a combination of that and <clears throat> Instagram. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm dying over here. Instagram was. <laughs> 
is was popular. Obviously, we went on the show, but it was like at that curve where it was like now now your mom and grandma have it time of Instagram, right. you know. And so it was like right before everything started blowing up in the social media world. World now you can go on these shows to to make money to do this do that. So there was a lot of genuine people on there. Um, there wasn't just people just trying to go on there to um, you know sell detox gummy tea. tummy teas or whatever the hell you call it you know no offense to anybody that sells that but it's just not my thing but so that's where the genuineness came from on my season i believe yeah so, i mean um, after that is pretty much when it took a turn so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean for the better i mean there's there you know now they they make sure there's villains now a little bit more because they saw in my season with chad how much attention that i got i always say Watch stay away from the nice, nice guys I, I totally agree but in the end i'm actually nice yeah. three of us don't have dates this week You've gone a full life of not seeing JoJo. You can't wait a couple, like a day. Like, you can chill. She'll be here. She's not gonna disappear next week. What were all the things that you love about me? I don't, I don't know yet. <laughs> I mean, these guys can all tell you all the different things that they love about you and they've studied about you on TV or whatever, but I don't know, you know? I know you're beautiful. You can't be in love with her. Like, if you are, that's weird. It wants to stop you from falling in love with the next girl that immediately walks up. It became very, um, what's the word? It became very, like, more like pop culture rather than, I think, trying to be a dating show, you know, for potentially getting married. Um, But that's just kind of the generation that we turned into. And it's good for them because it's, it's all... They can market with that. There's so many people that go on there and get millions of followers. And it's like an internal marketing system for them that they don't even have to, like promote it we promote it for them yeah it's so i actually auditioned last season fun fact so did you tell me that i don't remember i went to the casting because i was like why not they're here and in fort lauderdale at the riverside hotel and it was so crazy because i had an agent i have an agent i've done the acting thing and dance thing and that forever Mm -hmm. and it was still one of the wildest auditions i've been on because (laughs) everyone was really young going into this like casting process and it was just so crazy i brought my sister with me and she even her she was like this is wild like i know now they don't really promote too like they don't want you to be wasted because of everything that had happened in the past but these girls were blacked out (laughs) in the waiting room and i remember sitting like waiting to go back to go into the room and actually like talk to the casting person mm-hmm. and all these girls i'm just sitting there because like obviously i talk for a living so i'm just like oh this is like whatever it's just another day and these girls are sitting there freaking out and they're like oh my god like what do you think they're gonna make us do and i was like what do you mean like you <laughs> talk to someone and they cast, right, yeah. like on camera yeah and they're like what and i'm like that was the moment in my life, I kid you not, that I was like, people who don't do this for a living, it must be so crazy yeah. for them to do something like this. People have asked me, like, oh, um, they're like, Vinny, like, what, I want to go down the show. Like, what do I got to do? I'm like, I tell people, it's not, there's not like a, a magic freeze. You're not going to, you're not going to, a, you're, like, you're going to an interview, but you're not interviewing a job. They're really right. just saying it's an audition, but they just want to see what type of person you are. So you can't, like, put on this front, like, oh, I'm going to fall in love, and I like Labradors, and I want a house with a white picket fence. Because at the end of the day, that's just going to sh- show 
the opposite of who you are. Like if you're just lying. Right. So like you said, you just have to keep a conversation. And it is, it is nerve wracking for people that aren't in that realm of like business. I guess that's why they were pre-gaming before the uh, Bachelor yeah. audition. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why. So I literally went in there. You have to fill out like a packet and of like just answering like questions about your life and dating. So I was just sitting there like waiting and it takes a while like any other casting does. And these girls were like, oh my God, I didn't know I had to do this because if you don't do it beforehand, you have to do it there. So if they were drunk, they definitely were not filling, oh filling it out properly. Uh, but it was just really funny. I saw some friends there. It was just really funny day. I was like, I remember walking out and I was just like, what did I just do? Like this was right. crazy. Yeah. It was fun though. The only reality show audition that I've ever done was for Miami Beach Toe. So that was interesting. <laughs> you did that? <laughs> Wait. Something on, I don't even know. I don't even know if it was like on Craigslist. I have no idea. Oh no. I, just, I found something where it was like audition. It was, I don't know if they worded it as audition, but they were like, there's a reality show. They tow cars, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't like specify like which show it is. And there's only one. And it's like the repo show or whatever. So... I like go, I show up to the building. I'm the only person there. Like it wasn't like a thing where they had like set up appointments, I guess, because it yeah. wasn't like a casting call. So I go in and like, I was, I had no idea what I was doing. Like the fact that they even made me like try to act out a scenario of like me getting my car towed was just like, that was just not. It was like my SunDrop <laughs> soda commercial. It was the weirdest thing. Like I was just like, if my car got like, I was like, I'm not a drama queen. Like, I just, I can't. Like, I can't act the way you probably would want me to. Like, I'm not ratchet. I'm not, like, it's not yeah. going to happen. Like, they were like, okay, but pretend, like, you maybe you're 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 tired of walking. You've been walking for two miles, so you got to take your heels off. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I definitely didn't get that. Oh, part. yeah, they, that wanted to, they wanted you to do the take the shoes off thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, so what ended up happening? No, I didn't get it. I mean, they never called me back. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't take the shoes off so like, they didn't call me I was actually concerned that like because I had just moved to Miami like within that year so I was like if I actually were to be on this show like people are gonna know me as this person in Miami and I was like I don't know if I want that reputation <laughs> oh my god that's amazing wow imagine hard. if you would have booked it and you would have had to like gone buck wild on the episode like maybe, yeah i mean maybe i would have been huh. like more famous in miami who knows i mean <laughs> is that, that show girl. even still around i don't even know i have no idea i would love to just be irate because i can i could turn that on real quick <laughs> i'll take my shoes off just to get on an episode of freaking miami beach toe are you kidding yeah. me i would go nuts i would no, flip sure. out go crazy oh you guys would probably be it. great at it but it was just that was oh i would go <laughs> i would go insane i would take off the shoes i'd make sure i was wearing all pink <laughs> and take off my shoes and go crazy. There you go. So we are super excited that this episode is sponsored by Formula Z Cosmetics and this is some good news to talk about. So obviously June, well June is Pride Month if you did not know. So there, Formula Z Cosmetics, this Mission Z lipstick, lip stain, 30% of the proceeds are going back to the Trevor Project. So if you want to find out more about that information, head on over to our Instagram, millennial underscore girls. We did a whole video talking about it. It's for a really great cause. We love Formula Z Cosmetics, 100% vegan. So you're not getting any of that crazy stuff on your face that's going to give you some acne. And uh, 
yeah, it's just, it's cruelty free. So thank you so much Formula Z Cosmetics. We love it. And I mean, Natasha, the bag, let's talk about it. The cosmetic case that comes in. It's so cute. I love it. I actually used it when I went out this weekend and I put even like my little, my cards, like my debit card and stuff, it all fit in there with my essentials. So I took, actually I took the diamond gloss in Prodigy, which I'm wearing right now. If you're watching on YouTube, this uh, glittery lip, lip gloss is on my lips right now. I love it. We love it so much. There's lots of shimmer and sparkle on their products and obviously that's on brand for millennial girls and if you are a big fan of their products or you wanna know more about it, head on over to their website, Formula Z Cosmetics, and you can actually use our discount code, millennialgirls, for 10% off your entire purchase and shipping is worldwide. But okay, so Vinny, so after you got off Paradise, everyone was so in your corner, Team Vinny, which obviously you're such a, a good human being. So I'm glad that that's how it was. Thank but you. were you over the situation at that point once you were done? Like I said, I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew that there would be questions after. Um, for a while, I wasn't. Yeah, for a while, like I knew I'd have to talk about it and address it and it was fine. And then... You know, I was, it was like constant, like podcast talking about it after. <laughs> and then like, I was like, no, 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 I don't get it. It's like, <laughs> it was back then, um, you know, talking about it. And it was like, just kind of like beating a dead horse. And then for a while, I just like, didn't want to talk about it anymore. And it wasn't like a, like a life changing experience. It was just like, it was, I was just getting sick of talking about the same thing. So um, for a while, I just stopped doing like, you know, Press. bachelor podcasts and stuff like that. And then, um. You know, I've circled back to it now that I, you know, want to talk about it on podcasts. So, I mean, but it, uh, yeah, it was just an unfortunate situation. I was, I was, you know, dating a girl on there that we solidified our relationship, you know, weekend, you know, we solidified that, that we were, you know, here, <laughs> we were here for each other. And, um, and then, you know, she had a ch sudden change of heart when somebody else came in, you know, and I was kind of blindsided. And then I, Decided to remove myself from the, you know, the beach in paradise. And um, that's where I got a standing ovation. And then uh, everybody fell in love with me. I cried. You're going to watch this. <laughs> and you're going to hear the things that I've said about you. You know, there's other ways of, of how you could have went about that. I've chosen to remove myself from here. I'm leaving. You know, every time I cried, I got 10,000 Instagram followers. So I saw that it was an investment to cry. It was an investment. I can't. The one, the one tear, the perfect actor tear that just like drips down your face in the most yeah. dramatic scene. Yeah. yeah. At the time, I didn't know that. It's it's funny to joke about it now. So people crush me after hearing this that I only went on there to get Instagram followers. It was it's a joke that I'm making after the fact that I didn't know when I was there if I cried, but. Um, it worked though. <laughs> I was upset. I was upset. I wasn't acting. They were real freaking tears for anybody who tries to criticize me after this. I was crying. 
You're like, you can do a science experiment. You're like, I have a heart. Yeah. They are true. No, I was saying that, I, I was saying that with a guy crying, I feel, well, first of all, I mean, the assumption, I would assume that majority are female followers for Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. I would Probably imagine. 90%, yeah. So, obviously, when a girl sees a guy cry, oh, your heart melts, oh, whatever, right? <laughs> but, yeah, um, no, it's... Yeah. No, and I'm not saying you personally, just in general. So, I'm saying now, it's no, like, yeah. I feel like if a girl cries, it's a complete opposite reaction because you're like, oh, she's a drama queen, you know. Oh, that's. I feel like that's an everyday situation. You know, <laughs> just. I mean, girls cry. It's. It's. You know. Right. I deal with it. I guess we're programmed as humans to not necessarily always see guys. You know, macho, tough guys, especially on a show where everybody's, you know, got seventy-five abs down to their taint. You know, they're these big jacked guys. So it's like, <laughs> and you see those guys get emotional. I think that's where, you know, the the strong female following comes in. And then, uh, yeah, I've. I've never been afraid to show my emotions and stuff like that because at the time I was upset and I was I was drained. I was away from my family. I was cut off. Um, you know, I I vibe very much like my with my surroundings and my friends and and working. So being like, you know, like as you sell, like you said, like you work in a business that you know you're around people and you talk. Like when that was like stripped of me and then I'm on this beach and it's hot. It was just like there's a lot of emotions that go behind it than just the relationship. You know, so it was like. I was triggered by like somebody spilling like a cup of coffee or something. I'd start being emotional about it. Now it's you know what it feels happens. like to be a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I felt like I was on my freaking period the whole month I was there filming. <laughs> That's okay. Exactly I wanted like. I wanted chocolate. I wanted tater tots. I wanted, you know, scrunchy socks. Chick-fil-A. I feel like that's the thing that people don't realize about being on these shows is that like I know you had David on from um what mm-hmm. is it? Not love is blind. Too hot to handle. That's it. Wow, yeah. brain work today. But like the <laughs> same thing. I was watching different interviews and stuff. They're like, we didn't have our phones. Like you go into these type of things, like filming, mm-hmm. and you are stripped of yourself. You were literally mm-hmm. just your being, and you're with other people, and you might interact well with them. You might not, and you're just you're there. You're, once you're there, you're there. You have no you option. Have, you don't have the phone the entire. Like the time that you're there. So they pretty much take it in the second you get in your room. But me being a veteran in that space, I, you know, I, I made some arrangements to make sure that I handed in a different phone. It sounds, it sounds like prison. Yeah. You're like, let me make some trades and some yeah. deals together. Honestly, you're like, I'll give you some chicken nuggets if you let me turn yeah. in my other well, phone. I mean, I handed in, you hear, you can hear it here first in the podcast. I handed in a uh, one of my old phones and I kept my other phone on me, but I didn't use it. So when we sit in the hotel, in like a holding hotel, so to speak. So we're there for three days and that's like when, the, when you kind of like decompress from the life, from life, you know, you, your producers come by and check on you. I use my, my burner phone in the hotel there. But when we, when we left to go shoot on the beach, which is like an hour away, I didn't bring it out because I was like, it's, I'm now I'm going to really just because also I like to disconnect too. you know, it's good. It was good as much as I hated taking the phone away. It was it was good because I, I got to like be in the moment and, and have conversations with people because we're all on the same page there. No one's got their phone. There's no distractions. You're talking to somebody, you know, you're you're locked in on their eyes and you're having these meaningful conversations. So I did at least want to, uh, you know, live that experience like everybody well, else. I find that super interesting that like, you know. You wouldn't think that while you're watching it, right? So as a viewer, you're not thinking, oh, okay, this is what happens behind the scenes. But it's like you you guys 
all kind of go through like a detox anytime that you oh, go yeah. into one of these shows. Definitely. Which is super yeah, and I didn't know. It, it, it would change, I would think it would like change the dynamic of the show too in an interesting way. Yeah, I think it does for the better. It's just because it's how we are as a society now. We're so dialed in. And I, I didn't know other shows did that. Um, so I was pretty, pretty excited to hear that Mark from uh, Love is Blind and then David from Too Hot to Handle that they went through the similar things. Um, but it's it's good. It, it does let you have meaningful and, and genuine conversations. And I think, it's not that I think, I know that's why everybody that's been on the shows together are so close mm-hmm. um, now because of it. Do they do a psych test? Because I feel oh, like yeah. there's certain people who would lose their actual minds. Going well, through this yeah, they, they 100% do a psychi- psychi- psychiatric evaluation. Um, and it's like 30 pages. Um, wow. The test alone will make you go nuts because it, it's like <laughs> so crazy. It goes from saying, um, obviously, do you like, not obviously, but do you like to be in a room that's blue? Right. And that'll be the number one question. Number two would be, would you ever be a park ranger? It's like, what the hell? (laughs) And then it gets like they're so all over the place. But I think in the end, when they edit it, they try to find like certain trends with how you answer things. But it's like, how am I supposed to go from saying I'm going to sit in a blue room to would I be a park ranger? Like maybe. And then I. Yeah, it's like. Oh, maybe I would. I never thought about that. (laughs) Maybe I would. Like, I love Yogi the Bear. It's just so outlandish. And then then it goes like, do you like your dad? It's like, what the heck? And then you start, like, second-guessing things. You're like, man, maybe I don't like being in the blue rooms. Maybe I hate my dad. Uh, I wouldn't want to be a park ranger. So then it's like like a whole freaking experiment in itself. And it's, like, like long. There are, like, hundreds of of questions. I had to do that... Every time you go off the show or come back on a show, you have to do it all over again, no matter what. So we either do it for The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, and then I went on Bachelor in Paradise again, right? So I had to do it three times. And then we got sent home on the fourth season of Paradise because of um, Corinna DeMario right. situation. And then we, when we came back, we had to do it again. So no. I did it four, four freaking times. Even Wells, the bartender, has to do it. Wait, so when you get asked the park ranger question for the fourth time, how do you feel about it? I think, yeah, the fourth time I was like, fuck it. If this doesn't work out, I'm going to be kicking it with Yogi Bear. Oh, my God. Yeah, might as well. I think I took a picture one day. I'll show you guys some of these crazy questions. It's like... It's nuts, nuts. Listen, it, it could life could be worse. I was fortunate to go on TV shows, but, but this is the stuff that people don't realize. So when they say, "Oh, you, yeah, like oh, what a bitch, you cry," like I'm freaking emotionally drained, dude. <laughs> I'm drained, <laughs> I'm drained, and we're in Mexico. It's hot. There's no air conditioner, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, luckily you're from Florida, so for you it's probably it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I got used to it pretty quick. I got used to it. <laughs> That's like when I went, I did a hot yoga class in California. And the girl was like, oh, have you been in like a room with temperature over the, I was like, I, yeah, we're from Florida. And she's like, she literally goes, oh, you'll be fine. She's like, oh, you're, you're used to the heat. I'm like, okay. Like dies in the class. It's fine. But <laughs> I've never done yoga at all. I'm just not flexible enough. And I'm kind of disappointed that I've never done it. We went through our yoga phase when we were at work and we'd go after work and then the next day we'd be talking about our class on air. There was another girl that was like, she was dripping like this instructor. Like I couldn't, I talked about it on the morning show. Like I was like, I couldn't get over it. Like she was, I felt like her clothes was just going to like melt off. Like it was just, it was very interesting. <laughs> no, Natasha also was like in a trance that class. Oh, I was. Feeling it. 
Oh yeah. After we were walking back to work to our cars and she's like, wow. Like I just, at one point felt like I was in a trance. And I was like, I wasn't. <laughs> I feel like I became one with everybody and you're like, oh, nah, totally not me, did. not me. It was that moment, like the heat, you would just like become like, you're like, that's that moment when you would like see a mirage, like when you're out, like in the Goonies. And like, I was just, I was like, I, I understand everything now. Like, <laughs> I, uh, was choreographing a dance in my head because she wasn't playing yoga music. She was playing like covers of songs. And I was like, Ooh, this is a good song. I just didn't vibe with her. So I tried another teacher and it was a guy. And I was like all about, I was like, yes, we are one. Like, I love your class. And he was like, Yogi handstand Dan. You say handstand Dan. Yeah. That's his name. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Good stuff. And I was like, I want to be your friend. I thought you were making it up. <laughs> No, that's his name. Handstand Dan. Shout out to Handstand Dan. <laughs> Can you do a, like a virtual class, please? I'm sure you. We, we need to we need to call <laughs> Handstand Dan so that the three of us can do this class together and and show Vinny what it's about. <laughs> Wait, that's another episode, Vinny. We all need to take a yoga class. Together. Yeah, I'm down. No, I, I listen. I would do it. I, I don't know if I'd be alive after it, but I'm definitely down to put myself through torture. So we can get good content out of it, of course. Yeah, it's all about the content. <laughs> we can wear sweatbands too and make it like. <laughs> so down. I'm so down for it. You let me know. Handstand Dan and uh, split. I don't even know what I was going to say. Splitty Biker Vinny shorts. or something. I don't know. Splitty yes. Vinny? <laughs> oh, God. Now we got to try to get Vinny to do the split. I can't even do the split. So to see Vinny trying to do the split, that'll be hilarious. If he can't even sit crisscross applesauce, that might be an interesting situation here. We got to talk about you being on a Millionaire Matchmaker. Okay. Because yeah. we haven't gotten there yet. And I'm very excited to get there. Uh, well, yeah, I went on there. I'll break it down for you quickly. Um, I went on there. Patty Stanger became a, a friend of mine after going on The Bachelor. She was actually like a call-in Zoom um, uh, guest on my After the Final Rose, whatever the heck it's called, After Paradise. After the Final after, Rose. Or something like that. Um, she came on. She was cool. I reached out, and uh, she's like, listen, I want you to be on my uh, next season. I was like, well, um, hate to break it to you. I'm not a millionaire. Like. <laughs> <laughs> As Just much like as I wish I was. Word, I'm not that. <laughs> and people, I mean, they're like, what are you on that show? You're not a millionaire. I was like, well, that's what the show in the beginning started as. She was she was a millionaire matchmaker. Like, she was taking these millionaires. And then um, I guess her um, clientele base just kind of, you know, maybe there wasn't that many millionaires. I wanted to get dated. So it turned into the million-dollar matchmaker. Like, she's the million-dollar matchmaker. So that's why it was a crossover with uh, Daniel and I. Daniel from um, Bachelor in Paradise. My Canadian. Daniel, Canadian. Daniel the Canadian. So him and I went on there. And it was cool because, like, they never, like, do, like, a duo on one of the seasons on, on the episode they never really do duos so him and i got to kind of got to go on there and do like you know like a have a lot of bro moments and stuff like that oh. so it was cool to experience that with one of your friends it was That's it was fun cool. it was a, yeah it was it was a good time um all this stuff sounds so much fun though like i know it drama is or like it's tiring but it sounds like a lot of fun no it was and she she's great patty's great like she does that for a living i mean she I is a public book. figure i read her book in high school like i was very no, into she, all that no, she's she's great at what she does. That that is her job. She's not an actor. I mean, she she has a TV show, but she's still being herself. Um, 
And, and for me, you know, going on the Bachelorette, it's like you're kind of just another number there. Um, and, but I think Patty, it was, it's direct, it was directed more and geared towards me, what I wanted. Because um, I, was, I was the one guy looking for, you know, a relationship with the girls that she picked out for me. So it was cool to be on that side of the, uh, the mirror there, so to speak. It Did it change time. your perspective on dating at all? Like, obviously, being on all of these shows, it's like you said, it's exhausting, you know, doing this on television. So did it kind of change your perspective coming out of it after everything had quote unquote died down? They were already on three seasons after the bachelorette or bachelor. The per, I mean, there's the perspective of being on a show and a perspective of myself. It, for me, it, it helped me um, in some aspects that to uh, maybe dive deeper a little bit in relationships um, for the simple reason of you're on a TV show and you're only here for a month or you can only be here for, for a year. So you really got to like, Hey, you want to have kids? Nice to meet you. Like you have to like ask those things like right away. Cause time. I want to be a park ranger by the way. (laughs) Hey, nice, nice hair. I want to be a park ranger. Um, So you really did have to kind of like, you know, every day is like a week. So you really have to move very fast. Um, So that was kind of cool. Um, that I'm not really afraid to ask people that, right, you know, within the first date or something like that. I mean, I'm, I have a girlfriend now for, for three years, but um, it, it really, she really taught me, Patty, to just dig deep and get under the hood before making um, decisions um, rather than just by physical appearance or just off of lust, so to speak. So she did help me that. Shout out to Patty Stanger. I miss you. Haven't Patty, you we love you. Love it. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Raquel, now I know you're a big part of the Panthers organization. Um, for yes. the, for people that don't know, Raquel is the arena personality. What's the, was. oh, you were, you yeah, were. So I'm not there anymore. No. So oh, okay. I, yeah, I was the in arena and digital host for the Florida Panthers for the NHL team. Right. So I was going to ask you, was that was like the, probably the biggest crowd in, in front of you that you've been in front of ever. Like the first day, take, take me through like that first day you got, you got the job, obviously, you're going there and like, is there like rehearsals? Like, do you go and talk on the mic because there's echoes? Like, like what goes yeah. on like that first day? So it's like anything you like, unlike anything you've ever done before in your life. I went to school for journalism, right? So I have a degree in talking and storytelling basically. So, and after college, I worked for an online digital music publication for years. So I was their country music correspondent. I was on red carpets. I was doing interviews with lots of country music, you know, stars. And, but being in front of 18,000 people and you do echo. So my first season, I didn't wear an earpiece. So I couldn't talk to anyone or hear anyone talking to me. Like it went through my stage manager or my co-host. So I was brought on my the last 10 games of my first season as the introduction as like the co-host situation because they had never done okay. that before. Um, it was always one person. It was always a female. And then they went in a different direction the year I auditioned. And I had made it down to the last five. They ended up picking a guy. But they had said in the initial like, you didn't get it phone call. You know, we want to keep you on file basically just in case no I, I in my head i was like that's just a nice way of them being like you were really great but we're going in a different direction like that but i'll call. let you know if things yeah. pop up so i was like they're never <laughs> going to call me ever again they did um they had me come in for the sold out rangers game which sold out sold out every single person you know you've been to rangers in, in new york oh, games. Yeah, yeah. there is not one seat in the house that is empty so 
I remember walking. I was so nervous. I was so freaking nervous. And I grew up dancing and doing acting and all that stuff. So I, my, the nerves for that are not normally there. I could not eat. Like, I was that nervous because you walk in, you have your meeting. They tell you what kind of the, the, run, the, the rundown is of the show. And then I would go to my dressing room. They were like, okay, we want you to wear this shirt. Here's some shirts to choose from. What are you wearing? You guys match. Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, it was just everything was going so quick. And then they come in at like 3.45, 3.30 and just plop a 45, 50-page script on your table. They're like, what? okay, you I memorize everything. Like, there's no teleprompter. You don't have a teleprompter. Your boss is not like telling you the script in your ear. If you don't know it, <laughs> you don't know it. So we were memorizing the scripts and then at five o'clock, 5.15, we had, would have sound check. So we would go in the arena and do our little sound check and we would run through some stuff. Um, obviously my first game, they like ran through a couple more things. And then that's it. You practice until you have to go up, which is that if puck drops at 7.05, you start at 6.45 your first your pregame hit so yeah I mean it's just it's always constantly there's no downtime like once you walk into the arena for your first initial meeting it's go 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 and obviously like as the season goes on there's very similar repetitive things so you kind of get in the flow but I mean sometimes right. there's there's obscure like I remember one year I had to do this really long Cirque du Soleil hit and the wording of it was the crazy it was like the magnificent magnifying blah blah i was just like what that. is and i just remember standing <laughs> i was in like the 300 level too so i was up really high it's on a slant i'm like okay don't look down <laughs> like <laughs> and i'm very clumsy so there was like a solid chance every time i was like i might fall and kill myself today <laughs> like i'm in heels it's just it was no big deal yeah I would have but loved if you just like came like on like a rope, like all of a sudden you just do a stunt, like, like come down. <laughs> that would have been magnificent. Fun. No, it was it was. I just remember blocking everything out and just being. I I had an earpiece, so this was my second season, and my boss is like, "Okay, Raquel, ready? Five, four, three, and I'm like, the light comes on, the camera light comes on, and you're like, well, here oh. goes nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and then after I remember just being like, <gasps> like <laughs> I can't breathe, like having a panic attack. And, at... and you nailed it or what? I did, I did nail it, but <laughs> it was just so stressful. I remember I only had to do a one time too, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. And my co-host was like, Good job. I was like, You can do it next time. Like somehow, I always got the long ones because I was like, you know, the person who was trained and went to journalism school, and like the dude I was always with was like the hype man, and I was like, can I be like the let's make some noise person? They're like, <laughs> no, you actually have this one today. It's about Panthers com conservation night, and I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so now you had you had fifty page scripts, so to speak, or rundowns. Now, yeah, somebody like me or people that go to the games, they might be like inexperienced or um, they don't know like there's so much that they might just look at, oh, this is girl's just a host. She'll say yeah. some funny things on at, at a hockey game, throw out some shirts. But you did like the Cirque du Soleil thing. Was that so did you, you it was just for the Panthers or you worked for like the arena and you would do other stuff as well? So my first season and a half, I just worked for the Panthers 
And then they had started like having me do some like more, you know, once they, I hosted the watch parties and then once, once they kind of got to know me and who I was as a person and just my background was in music journalism and entertainment, they were like, oh, okay. Like maybe we could kind of see how we could use her to this advantage. So my last season with them, I wasn't in game at all. I had completely just gone to the BB&T, the arena side. So I did all of their digital stuff. So anytime the arena would put out stuff, it would be, you know, maybe a video of me telling you what concerts were coming up. I would do a Monday music update. I would do, I would, I still hosted the watch parties. I hosted the pregame show outside on the stage. So that was really fun. But I, I, I was lucky with them because I got to learn a lot of different things that you wouldn't have learned if you weren't on set, so to say. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I learned a lot of stuff. It was very stressful and a high-stress environment, obviously, you can imagine. Like, I would always see you when you were at the games. I'd be running around. I'd be like, hi, Vinny. Like, <laughs> yeah, running. Yeah, it's like, a lot. No, you're, you're at work. You're at work. Steam yeah. ahead. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, yeah. you just, like, have fun. I'm like, uh, no. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot. It's really, you learn a lot, though, obviously. And, you know, I had never worn an earpiece before. So I was like, the first time I had an earpiece, my second season, I was like, whoa this is yeah 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 Yeah, and it's just like one more element that you bring into the dynamic of a live show you're like okay so now my boss is talking in my ear as i'm talking as it's like it's just so crazy like it is unlike anything else but it was it was super fun and i i it's a but like you like you said being on you know the bachelor and stuff it's emotionally draining it takes (laughs) such a toll (laughs) on your body and your mind and everything i remember even after everything happened with the Stone Douglas shooting and we had, you know, done a game dedicated to them, it was, I will never forget that day in my life because I went to Douglas, I'm from Parkland, and my co-host wasn't there that night. And they had let me sit in on meetings so I wasn't so in shock and I had an inside, you know, perspective of everything that was going on. And I just remember being in soundcheck, hysterically bawling, and my boss being like, can you do this tonight? Like, can you physically? And I remember was like, I have to. Like, there's, I have to do this for my community. And the first hit of the, like, game, I, what, like, I think I blacked out. Like, I truly don't remember being there. I don't remember saying anything. And people were texting me or just like, you know, you're, you're going to be okay. You can get through it. And it, I did. But I just remember coming home and just sitting in my room and just being like, I'm so drained. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. You know, you don't, you don't think of it from that side of things, even news reporters and stuff, especially like, you know, they're there to tell the bad things that happen. You get emotionally drained. I feel like people don't, even with us, like when we were on the radio, mm-hmm. we, when Kobe died and we had a continuous, you know, continuously talk about that coverage and same thing with everything with Corona, when that started, people don't humanize us they think we just are kind of i feel like they think we're robots and we're just fine with talking about it when you have to talk about that stuff for however many hours you do like you are emotionally drained you are a human being and i think even with you being on the shows you know when you were crying and stuff (laughs) like you're a (laughs) human being you are a human being like you have emotions i don't have a black soul like (laughs) <laughs> even though I like to think I do like no, I don't have black soul and I think I think like in both of your cases too it's like it what's draining even more is an audience as well like and not and I'm not saying in a bad way it's just every single person that is watching you whether it's on TV whether it's in the stadium you know their energy you're taking on that energy too yeah like their opinions their 
their hopes, their dreams, their happy, their sadness, you know, all this stuff. So it's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, when we were losing and I would have to do like things, it was not always the easiest yeah, you take thing. On. It's a lot of people's energy. So that's why the same with even co covering like all this news. Like I watched, you know, the news last night and I'm just like, how do you feel talking about this in front of millions of people? And it's such a sensitive topic, you know? It must, I mean, it, you, you must come home like dead. Yeah, oh. I would, I would come home so drained. I lost like 10 pounds my second season and I'm a tiny person and it was literally just from, I mean, I was running around the place in heels. So it was like a great workout, but <laughs> I just, I was so just like, I wouldn't, I wasn't necessarily like eating enough food to like counteract how many calories I was burning. But then I would come <laughs> home and I would eat so much and it was late at night and it was just like the schedule really it, like you, you know, you're a DJ, you come home super late. You're like hungry. You're tired. You're like, should I eat at 5am, 3am? Should I not? Like, that's probably not good. If I have to wake up in a couple hours, <laughs> yeah. but like you do it anyway. Right. So, yeah. This, the hours are different. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people don't also like talk about that. They're like, Oh wait, yeah. You come home at 3am and you're starving. Like, but no, I'm not waking that, up until it's whatever. Like all the all jobs like that with being a radio personality or at least like an in-person host of an arena, like it's like you have to portray that not portray, but you have to make sure you're always on. Yeah. And it and like sometimes, you know, like you said, you take on there could be negative things in the media. There could be, you know, let's say the Panthers are losing, you could be taking on that stress. And you have to you always have to make sure that, you know, you show on the positivity and things. Yeah, I mean, if the Panthers um, so, were losing, I still had to do my T-shirt toss, and people would be like, "Fuck, fuck people, you!" I don't even like, want these. I don't even want these yeah. shirts. They suck. <laughs> they'd be literally, they'd be like, "Screw you!" And I'm like, "I didn't. I'm not playing. I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> like, so, so now you guys, now you met at the met at the radio station. Now you both find out you you guys are pretty similar. Um, Besties. <laughs> yeah, and the quarantine happens. You're like, let's take advantage of the downtime, but let's take advantage of it and and start this podcast and you know talk about what 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 you guys want to talk about. So, what is like your mission statement, so to speak, behind the Millennial Girls Podcast? That's a good question. I'm like, I don't, I don't even. Know now you're on the like, other side yeah. of the, the spectrum here. Now it's I'm gonna weird. ask you guys. No, right? now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it, I'm like, Raquel and I have never like sat and been like, this is our mission statement. I think, I think our primary goal was just like trying to find out, like who our audience is, because when we mm -hmm. first started, we, you know, I mean, we did our research. You know, we were trying to see like, you know, what other people were doing and kind of like their style and how we can make our own. And so one of the biggest takeaways was always like find your niche, find your niche. Like that was always the thing that you would be, you know, reading Told. or listening to by other people that are doing the same thing. And so we were trying to figure that out, which is why we came up with the name to begin with, because it's not limiting, but it's also targeting at the same time. Right. So I can't necessarily say there's, I don't know if Raquel has a mission statement, but I would say it's more so just like we wanted to transfer over what we were doing at the radio. So we still want to talk to the DJs and we still want to kind of stay in that EDM world, but we're mm -hmm. not limited to that. So we're talking to obviously other people that are in the industry and that have the experience in different areas in the industry, not just the EDM genre. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And mostly I think, you know, her audience and mine on social in general is from like the 25 to 45 range. So it just kind of it just kind of happens to be, you know, but yeah, I, don't know if, I mean, I don't know if Raquel, if you maybe 
like we've never actually talked well, about that. Like I mean, putting like a I don't mean for you guys to have like the you know uh, like this glorified declaration of independence answer to it, but like <laughs> like you kind of answered it. You found your niche, and like you're saying, I, it's more of you'd rather be. Um, you know, have a very wide vast of, of guests on, but you don't want to limit anything. Um, so, I mean, that kind of answered my question. It's in the entertainment. You want to follow up with, you know, entertainment and DJs and stuff like that, but you can also go to other, you know, things of what's going on in the world, like the news and the media, but yeah. still kind of stay in that entertainment forefront. I think yeah, for us definitely. too, we were, we were very cognizant about the fact that we wanted it to be really us because We've talked about this before, just because you're on, you know, the radio, that's your radio. You're still a personality and it's only probably 50 or 30% of who you actually are. So for us with this, it's, it's more of who we actually are as people. Like my friends were always, you know, like, I wish people got to see more of who you were because at the Panthers, I had to be this perfect host, very much so journalist, you know, kind of personality or persona act I always say acting bring it back to acting and on the radio the first thing my programming director said was like you can have more fun you know you can still have fun and you don't have to be so perfect so that was the biggest transition for me and now on here you know I the, our last episode I opened up about my battle with anxiety and I'm, I'm being very much more real and both of us are and I think that's something that we're learning and Everyone, our feedback has been, it's very refreshing to see that you are being yourself and not just a part of yourself or a, a, a personality, you know, on-air personality person. So that I think has been definitely one of like help really great about this as well. Yeah, I think, I think if we were to say any kind of like keywords as far as our mission, like now we're going to just put it, we're going to put it together with you. So yeah. <laughs> thanks, <Denise. laughs> I hey, think everything just, happens for a reason. I'm trying to help you guys, you know, get that purpose yeah. of what's going on here. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, it does come down a lot to one of the things we've talked about a lot often is, you know, being relatable, being real, um, being ourselves, being authentic, um, which is not easy to do. It's not easy to do all the no. time. Like, and I struggle with that. So yeah, it's not. It's really. It sometimes you think it is, but then once you actually start to do it, or even have the thoughts about it, like I had a whole breakdown about this last week, because <laughs> it gets to the point where you start thinking, like, oh my god, what are people gonna say? Are they gonna react? Same with me. I was asking myself if I were to do an Instagram story talking about something that I dealt with, and I start crying. Like I was just saying earlier, I'm like, I feel like people are going to think I'm a drama queen and not, you know, so like you start overthinking it rather than just, you know, putting yeah, it out there. Rather, which I, think, I think what we're trying to do with millennial girls is just like, boom, here we are. It's out on the table. Yeah. 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 People will respect that. I, I I know that for a fact that if, you know, once you're genuine, like you said, it's, it's not, it's, it's not hard. I believe it's not hard to be authentic because that we're just being ourselves. It's hard to it's harder to portray, not portray. I keep using that word freaking portray. I don't mean to use that. It's easy to be who you are, but it's hard to show that obviously on a podcast or show that in a video sense like. You know what I mean? Like you said it's hard to get on a camera and talk about how you feel. So this can be, you know, a good platform if you guys go that route. You know, I know you wanted to stick more in the entertainment thing, but you know, I think that's like you said, it's a good opportunity to use the platform to express how you feel about certain things and stuff like that. And we listen, and it's and it's not it's not so much opinion; it's more so just bringing up 
it's bringing up conversations, you know, that I think that yeah. people want to hear and that don't typically hear from people they know. So like, you know, Raquel's friends or my friends or people that we have a lot of listeners or fans from, you know, when she was working at the arena who even people that we've never even met before, you know, that are listening. So, um, it's, it's, it's definitely nice to have that platform, but it's also something that we're, you know, just like slowly building on cause it's, yeah, it's, it's video and audio. It's both worlds. We're doing both. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and it's something and it's... that lives on forever. So like right, if it's put right. online, like you never know. Like I always, I always freak out about this with Raquel. I'm like, God, like stuff that lives, it's, it's forever. So yeah. if things blow up, which of course that's obviously our goal, who knows like what's going to be used against us in a year from now if we post it. So it's just, it's a very delicate. Um, I think that's also be. the hard part too. It's like, we want to be ourselves and relatable, but now we're in kind of a world where everything is taken too sensitively or the wrong way. So we want to be ourselves, but we also have to be very, you know, self-aware because of course. anything can be like, oh, well, you said this. And I was like, well, no, I didn't mean it like that. Even when you post a freaking Instagram picture with a caption, people are like, well, why did you say that? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm talking about like <laughs> tacos. I'm confused. Where, where, is this, where is this misinterpretation right now? So I was actually having this conversation with my friend who's a publicist as well. And he's like, yeah, I mean, everything is just taken so literally now. So we want to be light and we want to be fun, but we want to still talk about topics, but we're still trying to figure out, you know, that balance, obviously, because it's yeah. new, you know, just because I've been in the media industry for five years, that doesn't mean I'm not still learning about myself and the industry and what we're doing, what people want. So, you know, same thing with you. You've been doing this and you've been in the public eye for forever. So you're still learning. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just starting this podcast, you know, as like you girls are. And I think, uh, if people recognize that you're trying to grow, they're going to grow with you. So I think what I think, right. Once in a while, I think maybe once a month we should all get together and have, you know, a little, uh, little fester sets right here. And then, you know, we can talk about fun things from, uh, you know, the female dynamic and the guy dynamic. And we can obviously throw in me being on, those darn dating shows and we'll talk about stuff like that. I think we, I think we should, we should collide here and there once in there. And I just... love it. Yeah, for sure. So thank you so much. It was so nice meeting you. I'm like, I can't, I hopefully do this month to month. Like you said, that would be fun. Yeah. I think we should get involved. We'll, you know, we'll get the female dynamic and then, um, you guys can ask me crazy questions of why guys <laughs> do what they do. That <laughs> I could ask you we why do girls do what they do, but oh, yeah. uh, thank you for, for coming Cal, on my pet. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the world famous Vincent podcast. Um, shout out to the millennial girls. Um, and yeah. Follow Thank us, you. uh, millennial underscore girls and millennial girls on all social media. Thank you babe, for having us on. This is so fun. Thank you guys yeah. for being on my show too. And I'm glad to be on yours. So <laughs> I loved it. It was so much fun. You'll be seeing a lot more of him. Peace yeah, out. Sure. Make it. Oh, what we say here is peace, love and unicorns. Well, peace, love and unicorns and shout out to <laughs> Danny handstands <laughs> Danny, Dan handstand man thank you so much guys for listening and we appreciate you so much and we want to make sure that you subscribe and ring the bell notification so you can find out every single time that we release an episode here on YouTube so subscribe and follow us here and we're also on Apple Podcasts we are on Spotify and we are on iHeartRadio app now so you can follow us there as well and listen in thank you so much and we will see you in the next one Oh,